who was present in the six days of creation. So therefore, as history plays itself out, right, literally, as the world continues, as the days draw on, but more accurately, as all of that reality that was built into six days of creation manifests itself as time goes on, so this Heder creation, this negativity type of creation, is going to surface. And so the first time it surfaces is Tohu, that's Bekoach Malchus Bavel. That manifested in the kingdom of Bavel. So Tohu in Sheshesi Mebereshis is kind of sitting there, waiting there, and a few thousand years into creation, it manifests in, into Bavel. Bohu manifests into Persia, Medea. Choshech in Greece, Tahom in Edom. V'chein kulam, and so all of them. Ki hadalad malchuyos, heimdalad kochos hara Because these four kingdoms are four kingdoms of evil that exist in the world. And they correspond to these four creations of Heder, all the way back to Sheshes Himebereshis. Each one is different. Each exile has its own battle and challenge for Kla Yisrael. Each one is different than the other. These four creations of Heder manifested themselves in these four kingdoms over the course of history, and we, Klal Yisrael, are subjugated to them until Mashiach comes. Reb Sanya, please. When I said that she was Mitzrayim, somehow was outside of this. Right. But that, the co-op for that had to come from somewhere, so if it didn't come from there, where did that negativity come from. And I think I remember you saying on more than one occasion that all the um, Dalmachias Gal- Galios are really present in the Shibud Mitzrayim. Right, that's correct. As the Rebbe is asking, what's the remnant to Shibud Mitzrayim in the beginning of the Torah there, I don't know. But she's also mentioning that the four Malchios, Bovel, Pras, Yavan, Edom, they were all contained in Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, in Shibud Mitzrayim. They were there in kernel form. So that first Shibud, which doesn't count, so to speak, as one of the four, because it's before Matan Torah, but it did contain all the qualities of the future four, Shibud Mitzrayim. So maybe somehow that's alluded to in this but, as I mean, well. It just sounds like it's drawing its yeah. life force from that, from that creation of negative as well, right. whatever you're calling it. Right, right. And it's also brought down in Sforim that the last one, the one that we're in now, Edom, also contains qualities of all the previous ones. And therefore it's long and hard and arduous. All right, so now he's going to go a little bit into the concept of Yavan in the next two paragraphs, which is really the thrust of his mimer. We're just going to skip the last few lines of the previous paragraph, that's a separate comment made by 
in the name of the Mahara. The Shibud Malchu Yosiyavan. The Shibud Malchu Yosiyavan, Hayamiyuchad Bemina. He points out now the Greek exile, that Shibu, that subjugation, was unique in its nature. Kihaya Golus, Be'ez Shehoyu Yisrael, Shuruyim Alad Masamuk Shehoyu Lohema Be'ez Hamikdash. Because it was a Golus, and yet we were living in the land of Israel, and we had a Be'ez Hamikdash. As let's try to relate to that a little bit. Right, we go to Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, we're able to do that in our time. And you look at this beautiful city of Yerushalayim that's rebuilt, and this is so it's unbelievable to see Jews returning to their homeland, our people. But all you got to do is go down to the coastal Hamaravi, and you know that the Beis Hamikdash was once there, and now it's destroyed. So we can relate to li- having Eretz Yisrael in our hands, which we do, and yet we're still in Golis. There's no Beis Hamikdash there. It's a coastal Hamaravi, but there's we know what's on top of that mound. One day we'll be gone, Mr. Hashem. That dome. Both those domes. So we're in Golis, right? The mosques are right up there in Harabais. But think about Yavan and think about the Jewish people in this exile. You go to Yerushalayim, there's a Beis Hamikdash there. They're offering Karbanas. There's Kohanim, the Chashmonaim. That's Golis? Yeah, that's Golis. Now, the Greeks came in. They defiled the Beis HaMikdash. They didn't destroy it. So that's his first point. It's a Golus, which is unusual because we lived in our land and we had a Beis HaMikdash, and yet we're considered to be in Golus. That's first point. Now, on a deeper level, on a spiritual level, the light of the Beis HaMikdash was illuminating our lives. It was present. She'oleho amru chazal, the Chachamim said about this in the Gemara Tainus, Shemisham teitzei ora le'Yisrael. The light of the Jew, for the Jewish people goes out from the Beis HaMikdash. Kimitzion teitzei Torah. That's where light comes from. You got a Beis HaMikdash, light is pouring into the world. Uba'oso hazman. And davka during that time of light, bo'yavon l'hachashich zehaor. Yavan comes along and it darkens the light. That's how powerful they were. They could darken the light of the Beis HaMikdash. That's why they are called darkness. Because we had the light of the Beis HaMikdash. We had the light of the great Chachamim. This was the time of Tanoim. These were the Chachamim of the Mishnah. Right? Extremely great people. And the Greeks came along with the desire to eradicate it. He says that's the meaning of the Chachamim's statement that the Greeks came along and they darkened the eyes of the Jewish people. And it's going to say the word Enehem, their eyes, refers to two things. What is that? The Beis HaMikdash is called an eye, E-Y-E. The Pasuk in Malachim, My eyes and my heart shall be there for all days, referring to the Beis HaMikdash. 
So a Nayim is a remis to the Beis HaMikdash. Having a Beis HaMikdash helps us see spiritually. Va'ayin zeh ratzu l'achshich. The Greeks wanted to darken that. V'chein nikro'im chachmei hador. V'shem eneho eda. And so too the chachamim of our generations are called the eyes of the people. They're the ones who can really see. So great people have das Torah, they can see the world in a certain way. So there are enayim. Ve'es ha'ayin hazeh, ratzu heim levatla. This is what the Greeks wanted to eradicate. So they darkened the eyes of the Jewish people. Now we get the full force of that statement of Chazal. It was a time of light. We had a base on Mikdash. And Greek culture in all of its power and glory comes along and it dampens and darkens the light of the Beis HaMikdash, the light of the Chachamim. This was a powerful foe, a very powerful adversary. I once heard on a tape from Rabbi Beryl Wein an observation that he made, and he said, historically speaking, you will not find that the Jewish people assimilate into cultures that we understand are beneath us. So when we're living in Russia and in Poland and there's peasants and they're drunk and they beat their wives, Jews are not assimilating to become Russian and Polish peasants. We didn't want that. It's disgusting to us. But, he says, Jews do assimilate into a culture they view as lofty and grand and intelligent. That's where the danger sign is for Klai Yisrael. That's what the Greeks were. They were smart, they had philosophy, they had great people. That's attractive already. So that's a danger sign. And they come in and they, their light, so to speak, comes in and darkens the eyes of the Jewish people. Their godless Greek society had great effect on us. Many Jews Hellenized. They're called in the language of the Chachamim, Misyavnim. That's the word Yavan in the reflection. They became like Yavan, they became like Greeks themselves. Hellenists. So Misyavnim, and this was not a small number of Jewish people in that time. We were very taken by Greek thought and Greek society, plus persecuted by them, and therefore that combination is very, very dangerous. Now just before I get to your comments, I want to take one more paragraph, and this is really where he puts it out there, I feel in a way which is extremely relevant to us. So top of page 56, if you're looking at the top, or 16 if you're looking on the bottom, page 2 in our handout, page 56, top right there. Page 1. Yeah, right, it would be the first page of today's handout. We're saying it in many different ways. I hope we're on the same page. Literally, I hope we're all on the same page. Okay. So, Malchus Yavan, Lohoya Bedaitam, that word should be Lahachriv, that's a misprint. It was not the intention of the Greek kingdom to destroy Eshabes HaMikdash. And as a matter of fact, they didn't. They came in and they defiled it. They did not burn it to the ground like Nebuchadnezzar did. They also had no desire to completely destroy Torah and to get rid of this book called the Torah. The Adaraba, on the contrary, Al Yadam, it was through them, It was in that time that the Torah was translated into seventy languages, to Greek in seventy languages. 
Upirsamu es yofi shal haTorah. The Greeks publicized, and they were fond <coughs> of the beauty of Torah, the wisdom of Torah. Avolheim ratsu es saor hapnimi. But what were they after? What were they trying to eradicate? The inner, the inner light of Torah. That they couldn't deal with. Or hapnimi. Sheheir bahabes hamikdash. That light that emanated from the Beis Hamikdash, Ha'orah zu Torah, the light that's Torah, Ha'or Sheba Torah, Es Zehaya Iker HaMochama, that's what they were trying to destroy. Kiyavan Ratsuba, that word culture, that's culture. Kiyavan Ratsuba, culture Shalam Yisroel. They were fine with a, with a Jewish culture. An ethnic group amongst our society, which is Jews, and they're <coughs> smart. And they have a nice, beautiful building called the Beis HaMikdash. It's architecturally exquisite. <laughs> they can have their own building, their own temple, their own, con- their own country, their land. Every nation has to have a land. Avohacha betoras culture, but only in terms of cultural Judaism in the language of Rav Gedal Yashor. The Chachma, where your wise and your wisdom is shared amongst the other wisdoms of the world and everybody is the same. Ukeshitas ha-misyavnim, as the misyavnim, those Jews who became Hellenists, said, has very contemporary uh, reverberations we, the Jewish people, will be like all the goyim, like all the nations. This is Mamish today. This is today's society. That cultural Judaism, right? That's okay. A cultural Judaism. Want to have locks and bagel on Sunday morning? Fine. You can even do it in your synagogue. Very nice. But a relationship with God? No, 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 no. Holiness? No. no that's not okay. Because then that sets you apart from other people. We don't want that. Right? This is the heart of pluralism. You know, and that heartbeat is in our society, we breathe its air. And you may have in a university, in a university, a Jewish studies program. Some of them are good. But you have the Jewish studies program, Muslim studies program, Christian studies program. It's one of the many programs and they're all the same. Comparative religion. Because no one's talking about Kedusha, though you're not allowed to. You can't preach religion in university. It's not okay. The Greeks would not tolerate an Am Yisroel who had a lofty relationship with God, a higher relationship. They wanted to maintain the Jewish people and to eradicate the holiness of the Jewish people. So that really is the succinct way of saying it. The Jewish people is fine, but not Kedusha, not light, not light of the Torah. That's not okay. Punishable by death. Uh, they were not fooling around. Uh, we have reverberations of that, but Baruch Hashem, we're not being killed for it, right? At least not over here. So the Greek society is alive and well. 
It influences all of Western values and Western culture, and it's very much a part of the world that, that we live in. Robinson, do you have a comment before, please? Yeah, I have two. Yeah. Um, one is that it, I wonder if the timing was perfect in that the only way we could have stood up to that power was with the base of <coughs> with the Tanayim, with this incredible amount of light, and we come out with light on Hanukkah, that's what we come out no. with. And that at any other time, we wouldn't have had what to counter that, to repel that. Mm -hmm. And even though it's like kind of like the struggle with Yaakov Avinu, he was impaired, but he was triumphant. Recuperated. So here you see there, there is an impairment <coughs> that we're trying to and then the last thing is that I, I feel that it's very much affected us, and I, I have the contention that we have, you know, you talked about kind of kosher style. Kosher style, right. Oh, that's a good, it's I'm a kosher say. style. It's trace, but it's a kosher <laughs> but style. I, I that's think this. That I think we have an observant style yeah. of life. Yeah. So we parade around as observant <laughs> and we have a costume that's a costume like everybody else has a costume. We have ways like everybody else has ways. But how really dedicated we are to this way of life that it's infusing us with light. You know, I think it's a fair question to ask. It is. It's a very fair question. We always have to look at it that way because it's easy to say it's us and them. But then the, the next step in Avodah Hashem is where are we in our own lives, you know, falling prey mm -hmm. you know, to this? Where are we doing this? Where are we somehow living a Jewish lifestyle but not truly living Judaism, Torah, you know, that becomes part of our bones? So we always have to look at it in that way and take yeah, that part step. Of our bones, but then it's radiating light. If we're not radiating light, then, right. then we're missing the boat. <clears throat> right. Okay. I Thanks agree. for letting <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes, Daddy, please. I have so many questions we couldn't begin. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I just didn't get the bowless thing at all. I just assume when we have the base of nature, that's what we think, right? I, Right. I, mean, I don't know. I just can't even imagine it. Right. It doesn't make sense, you know. And then, then I'm thinking, yeah, there were times when we had the base mitzvahs and we didn't behave well either. Right. So, gosh, I guess, yeah. Well, they came in and they took over, right? The Greeks, you know, grabbed the authority. And, and when they defiled the Beis HaMikdash, and were metame the Beis HaMikdash, put idols in the Beis HaMikdash, pigs in the Beis HaMikdash, that's what was happening there. Uh, that's Golis, right? That's the, the enemy and all of its tuma and rishas entering our most holy space and we're under their thumb. That's Golis. We're not in control. We lost our independence, our authority as a Jewish nation until the Hashmanoim came along and drove them out. The other thing is, I'm thinking, it almost seems nicer of them than the Nazis. You know, like when you... Tell me what you mean. Well, the Nazis, if you were Jewish, they didn't... You killed. You were killed. If there was killed. any Jewish blood in you at all... You're dead. There was no... You're gone. Right. Here, they're saying, they're not so worried about you being Jewish, just be Jewish. Just don't act Jewish. Yeah. It's a different kind of enemy. This, this is the difference, what, what Mrs. Sugar is saying, between Purim and Hanukkah, that the Mephorshim point out. Haman wanted to kill the Jews, period. You could assimilate all you wanted, doesn't matter. You're Jewish, you're dead. That's Nazism. 
That's, that's like Hitler, Yamach Shema. That's Haman. That's one kind of enemy that we've had in history, and of course, most recently in the Holocaust, you know, the most horrible thing. Then we have other enemies which are not, they're not trying to physically destroy us, but they're trying to spiritually destroy us. That's Greece. That's Hanukkah. And because of that, the poskim say, that's why there's no Su'udas mitzvah on Hanukkah. Right? Where's the Su'udas mitzvah? We always have Su'udas mitzvahs. Right? We're Jews. We're always eating and celebrating. Shabbos, Yom Tov, Purim is a tremendous Su'udah. Because Hanukkah was not about physical survival, where you celebrate with a meal. It was about spiritual survival. And therefore you celebrate with Hallel and Al-Hanisim and with a menorah. That's why the Chachamim made it that way. So two different kinds of enemies, both trying to destroy us in two very different ways. This, by the way, Halacha the Ramah says, in Shulchan Aruch, that if you have a meal on Hanukkah and you sing Zemiros at the meal, that becomes a Suda's Mitzvah. You incorporate Hala the Hoda into your meal on Hanukkah. So we always try and sing Ahanisim at the table or some other Hanukkah song in order to try and elevate that to a Suda's Mitzvah. Sorry, okay, yeah, please. Yeah, we were spiritually declining. And was there a yeah. prophet at that time to, like, because Rabbi Shmaya came in and said there was a great time and the missionary came in. But were, did they... No more Naveen. No more Naveen. Right. Did, and they didn't try to... Like, was there a split between the Jewish people, those that wanted to keep Tarvis's... Sure. <coughs> I don't know in terms of what kind of fights or something. I don't know. But there was definitely a split between those who were true to the Torah and those who became Nisiavni. And the, that's mostly exemplified by the Hashmonoim, who were few in number but were carrying the torch of Torah. Um, and they were very much in the, in the minority. But the details of that, that I, I don't know. The, 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 in the, the inner conflict that we had. Yeah. Well, it's over, I'm going to just guess right now, it's over 100 to 200 years. It's a stretch of time. And the, the battles that the Hashmonoim won over the Yavanim, that was over a period of time and we drove them out. But a little later on in history, you know, we were once again losing those battles. And ultimately Rome took over Greece and the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed the second time. So there was a... I think 150-year period, if I remember correctly, that was secured by the Hashmonoim's victory. But even then, there were skirmishes and there were battling. It was not, we were not free and clear. Right, the Nevi'im were finished already at the, the end of the, like, you have Esther, right, at the end of that period. Yeah, you had great Chachamim from this yeah. time, sure, the Tanai. So, was it that, that they were more like in 
I don't know. I don't know the lay of the land. I'm sure you could find out in books. I'm sure you could. I just don't know. Say it again, maybe. Okay. Okay, great. Very, very well laid out. So Hanukkah book by Art Scroll that kind of lays it out. I'm sure Rabbi Wine has some material on it in history books. I'm not so familiar with those details. Mir, you had a question? Yes. Oh, please. Um, I just wanted to say that um, we have to be very, very careful about, like for instance, Hanukkah now is becoming such a, as I may say, commercialized. Mm-hmm. And people, even the children, are like looking at these Hanukkah gifts, which is not really part of Hanukkah. And our family, my husband, is very insistent that you know, you can give money, but it's not a time for gifts because it's copying the host culture. And um, it's coming out, unfortunately, with more and more Jewish manufactured um, items to appeal to uh, <laughs> to appeal to the very Jewish segment of Klai Yisrael. And I think that that is very, we have to be very, very cautious in um, and where, where are we headed, you know, where, where is it? Yeah, <coughs> yeah it, it creeps in, no question, and it could creep into Hanukkah too. Yeah. Um, I think every family has to do this in the way that works for them. With Hanukkah Gelt is one way some families do give gifts on Hanukkah, which in my opinion is okay as long as it's kept within a certain reason because it's nice to give a gift to your kids. It's okay, in my, my opinion. But it shouldn't become overdone and commercialized and turn into that kind of uh, holiday. Yes. And in a lot of our culture, it is. Yeah. 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 Do I have a thing? Um, no. This, this goes what you were saying before. Yeah. No, um, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Please. Right. So it's kind of excuse, excusable to, to see the science as part of the, part of the God's world. So it is appealing. And it wasn't coming from the religious circles. It was coming from the outside community. Yes. One has to take those things and make sure to connect them with Hashem. So, for example, we don't have a beef with science. You know, science has a lot of progress, medicine, you know, things that we all benefit from. But if science leaves God out of the picture, which many scientists do, not all, so that kind of science, where there's no Hashem, that, that of course, we, we can't go there. But that's our own connection we have to make. That if we see a scientific breakthrough allows people to live longer or lead better, more healthy lives. So for us, where we go with that is thank you, Hashem, for revealing to us another beautiful aspect of your creation. As long as it's connected to the Rebona Shalom, because he made it, then we're fine. 
once we divorce it from the Ribbana Shalala, now we're going off again into something similar to what the Hellenist did. Sure. Um, you had a question before? Tanya? No? Okay. Let's see what time we got. Okay, we're going to stop here. I know some people, including myself, want to go over to, not want to. Uh, we'll participate in this Levaya. And uh, as we said at the beginning, the shear should be Bezras Hashem for a Rafuah Shalema, for Tamar Adina, Baskena Shalamis. And the family should have strength from Hashem and the community strength from Hashem. And the young young boy who was killed so tragically, Moshe Moskowitz, Mishama should have an Aliyah. And my Shem should heal all of our all of our sadness and all of our pain and make us all whole. Mm-hmm. Hey, Basuros Tovas, everybody. We'll see you next week. A little bit in the in the first paragraph here.